happy girl. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another podcast of Women at the Well Ministries, where we believe that all of us have to come to Jesus like the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Our highest priority is making God real in your life. Whether you are listening in our app, in your favorite podcasting app, or on our website at watwm.org, we invite you to sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen your daily walk with Jesus Christ. Today, as we journey through the scriptures, discovering the impact that the presence of Jesus has on every situation, we will park in John chapter 11. No one is a greater testimony than Lazarus regarding the difference the presence of Jesus makes in your life. Lazarus was a friend of God. In fact, the scriptures say that Jesus loved Lazarus along with his sisters, Mary and Martha. Lazarus fell sick and the sisters were worried. So, they sent for Jesus. Join us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries as Kim walks us through the miraculous change that the presence of Jesus brings when he comes on this. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries. Let's pray. Our kind and most gracious to Heavenly Father, Lord, I invite you into this message. Lord, I ask that you would just take full reign over the words that are spoken. And as you bring John chapter 11 alive, that each person's mind and heart would receive the message that you have for them. Lord, that we would realize that when you show up, everything changes for our good. Lord, give us a desire to be vessels that contain your holiness, your grace and your mercy. And may the Spirit of God dwell in us richly and fully. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we begin to look at John chapter 11, this is a familiar account to many. It's where Mary and Martha are troubled because Jesus is not there and their brother has died. Their faith is on full display. God's glory is completely seen in this passage of Scripture. But there are so many things that we as Christians can not only learn from Mary and Martha, but can see in the character of Jesus that will enable us to live a life more closely resembling what God intends for us to live and will give us an inspiration and a motivation to have a living, working faith in Jesus Christ. What I want you to notice before we begin to read this account in John chapter 11, which I encourage you to read it in its entirety, is that before Anything else, at the very first signs of trouble, 
Mary and Martha are calling upon Jesus. They are calling for him to come. They are convinced that if he is in the midst, that the outcome will be different. Because they have a full trusting belief that Jesus is always right. And he always does the right thing. So that immediately puts us in this place in our life where we have to ask ourselves, what is our first response? When trouble comes our way, do we go to our significant other? Do we go to our spouse? Do we go to our best friend? Do we call the pastor? What do we do? We need to call for Jesus to be in the midst. And we need to be prepared to receive what Jesus brings when he comes in the midst. As we continue through John 11, we read in verse 6 this, When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Let's back up in verse 5. It says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, and Lazarus. Do you see that? Mary loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And you think, goodness, if he loved them, why did he not go on the scene? Well, let's talk about that for a moment. Jesus wasn't concerned about Lazarus's outcome. Because Lazarus' outcome was in full control of Jesus. The circumstances, the time, the date, the situation, none of that had any bearing on Lazarus' situation. Because Lazarus' situation was in complete control of Jesus. Let's pause for a moment. Your situation if you are fully committed to the Lord and fully trusting in him, you too will realize is in complete control of Jesus. Now you might be a little bit wondering, well, is it going to look like the way I want it to? Is it going to look like the way I think it should be? Is it going to go in my favor? See, that's something we might think of when we are talking to a judge on this earth or someone who has control of a situation or something we want. But when you fully trust in Jesus, when you fully are dedicated and love him with your entire being, you realize that when he is in control, regardless of the circumstances or the outcome, it is the correct outcome. It is the best outcome for you. It is the one that is best for you and gives him the glory. And you are willing to accept in full assurance that everything is okay because God is in control, not because you like it. There's a difference. And you're going to see that Mary and Martha, they believe that God is in control. And therefore, there's a amount, certain amount of peace that comes with that. But you're going to see that Jesus tarries two more days. Now, this had to really try the faith of Mary and Martha because they know if he would just be there, his, their brother would not have died. 
But while he tarries, he dies. And they've got to be thinking, how can this be right? But you're going to see as the story and the account unfolds through John chapter 11 that they believed. See, and when you believe, all things are possible to him that believeth in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. But if Jesus had healed the sick, that would have been not much more than what he had done many times previously. But the greater good for the multitude that was gathered was to see something they'd never seen before, to see something truly miraculous that would totally boggle and blow their mind, and that was to raise someone from the dead. And so Mary and Martha did not get what they want, which was to have their brother healed because God had chosen to use this situation to bless others and to bring him glory. And for a greater good, sometimes you go through things in your life because it's for somebody else's greater good. And when you commit your life to Jesus Christ and you surrender yourself to him, you are saying to yourself, I no longer am living for me, but I am living for Jesus Christ, the son of God who lives in me. And if he needs to use me in any capacity, let it be. And if it means that I suffer hardship or trouble or issues or uncomfortable circumstances because God can see the greater good of great multitudes or more people coming to know him as Savior and understanding him in a personal way, then so be it because my life is dedicated. My life is determined to be lived for the glory of God. And you don't see this on display any greater than you do right here. Because Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. But for all the multitude that was going to gather because of who Mary and Martha and Lazarus was, they were loved. They were great people. People came from all over. The Jews from all over came to comfort Mary and Martha because of the death of their brother and gathered right there in that situation were countless souls that needed to know who Jesus was. Countless people that needed to see that when Jesus is on the scene, everything changes. The impossible becomes possible. The bad becomes good. There is no greater power than in Jesus. And if he had healed him before he was sick and did not die, it would not have shown the multitude the power that lies in Jesus. And we would not have had an account of the amazing strength and comfort and courage that can come from truly believing in Jesus and truly understanding who he is. So let's pick up the account now in John chapter 11, verse 20. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. What a statement of faith. She's not chastising him. She's just saying the facts. But I know 
that even now, whatsoever thou would ask of God, God will give it thee. She realizes that it's, he's not too late. It's not too far gone for Jesus because he's on the scene and it changes everything. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. And Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection and the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? In the midst of this situation of mourning and grief, Jesus is raising the glory and the joy of who he is. And he's explaining that we who believe in Jesus Christ will be raised from the dead to live eternally with him in heaven. And he's asking her, do you believe this? She says unto him, yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. She had a faith because she knew who God was. Some of our faith is weak and pitifully, woefully inadequate because we simply don't know who God is. And from Genesis to Revelations, he reveals himself to us. Through prayer and meditation and seeking the Lord, he says, Seek and ye shall be found. Knock and it shall be added unto you. Ask and ye shall receive. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. My friend, Mary and Martha had a relationship with Jesus because Mary, Martha, and Lazarus knew who he was. And when she had said... She went her way, and he called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, listen to what Jesus said to Mary, that she says. I'm sorry, though, what Jesus says to Martha to say to Mary. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, so that everybody couldn't hear, saying, the master is come. And he calleth for thee. Jesus, in verse 5, it says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, and Mary's name's not mentioned in verse 5. But when you get to verse 28, after Martha has spoken to Jesus, he sends Martha back calling for Mary by name. The master has come. He's come into this world to save your sins. He's come into this world to give you life and to give it more abundantly. And over and over and over again, you've ignored him. You've rejected him. But he's still sending people. He's still sending the Holy Spirit specifically and directly to you and calling your name. Come unto me. Those of you who know him, he's calling your name. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's calling unto you. Come unto me. In your time of need and trouble, and I will give you 
what you need. Jesus is inviting you to come to the throne of God in your time of need and find your help. He's calling your name. Martha's faith is on full display, and she understands that Jesus makes the difference regardless of the circumstances. And Martha is so sure that she rushes to meet him because she's seeking his presence in her situation. Are you seeking his presence in your situation? Are you inviting him in your life moment by moment, day to day, week by week, month to month, year by year? Are you counting the days going by that you get to spend in sweet communion with Jesus? Martha understands that Jesus is all-powerful and in him is all hope. Where's your hope? Some of you are hopeless. And I want you to know that hope has a name and his name is Jesus. And if you are a child of God, you have all hope. Are you the type that when things don't go your way, you lose hope and you give up? Martha shows us this important truth that I want you to put in your head and heart. Circumstances do not dictate our faith. Our faith dictates our response in every situation. Martha declares her faith when she says to him, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ. Martha knew who Jesus was and nothing was going to shake it. Nothing was going to cause her to believe differently. Not circumstances, not people's doubt, not any whispers of the devil because she knew, even though she hadn't had it, that the Holy Spirit in her was greater than that was in the world. And the Holy Spirit didn't dwell in, in, in her all the time because Jesus had not sent the comforter. He just kind of moved from place to place. But you and I have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. And we know that he is greater than anything that can come against us. And when the devil comes knocking, we need to shut the door. Some of us leave a crack and just let him in. Now, if you want to be a child of God, living in the center of God's will, you slam the door shut, you lock it, you bolt it, you do whatever you can, and the devil has no place in your life. As you continue to think about him saying, the master has come and calleth for thee. He's calling for you. In 2 Peter 3.9, he tells us that he wishes that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Mary immediately goes to meet Jesus when he calls her. She exclaims her faith by declaring, if you'd only been there, Lazarus wouldn't have died. But I want you to notice something as we've walked through this account in John chapter 11 that he's in the midst of every storm. And he's already there. He's always patiently waiting for you to come to him, for you to seek his presence in every situation. We need to be like Mary and Martha. We need to run to him. Then in John eleven thirty five, we read that Jesus weeps. Jesus has gone to the place where Lazarus is laid, and a lot of people have different ideas about why Jesus is crying here, and I have two. One, I personally believe his reason for weeping is that he's fully God and fully man, and he's weeping the loss of his beloved friend. We saw in the earlier verses that he loved him. 
I believe the fully man part of Jesus was on full display, and it gives us credibility as we read this account in John chapter 11 that he truly was man and he truly was Jesus. And secondly, I believe that Jesus knew he was getting ready to call him back into this sinful, wicked world, which I think gives us credibility to the deity of Christ. The character and substance of Jesus was on full display at this moment in time. And Scripture doesn't tell us how long he wept, but Scripture does tell us that the crowd of the Jews who had gathered to comfort Mary and Martha were also witnessing the character of Jesus. Again, the multitude is about to see a glory like never before, the power of Jesus that had never been seen in this capacity. And I want you to hear this. These Jews right now, this wouldn't be the last time that the Jews would be, uh, see the outpouring of the love of Jesus. But in this instance, Jesus asked them to roll the stone away, which enclosed Lazarus. But the next time they saw him, Jesus not only would have died on the cross of Calvary, shed his blood to save their sins. But he would roll the stone away himself. Glory, hallelujah, and praise the Lord. The lamb was slain for my sins. And in this instance, in John chapter 11, he asked someone to roll the stone away. But when he comes and he dies on the cross of Calvary and they lay him in a borrowed tomb and he beats hell, death, and the grave, he rolls the stone away. Because there's nothing, no one, no thing more powerful than Jesus. Then they took the stone away from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by. I said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. Jesus was on the scene. And Jesus makes all the difference. My friends, today, it's time that you listen to the master when he calls your name. Today is the day for you to come to Jesus either as your Savior to forgive you from your sins or as the full captain of your life, giving him full reign of who you are, that the dead, sinful wickedness of your life would be raised to life in newness and pureness of the glory of God. You too, can hear the voice of God calling you to come forth 
and live in the newness of Jesus. Remember you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. You can visit the show notes for quotes from today's podcast and scripture references. We pray today has been a blessing, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our app, our website, or our Facebook page. You can find our app by searching for Woman at the Well Ministries in your app store or through our website at watwm.org. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash watwm. If you visit our website, you'll be able to subscribe to Bible Bits, a daily devotion written by Kim and delivered Monday through Friday by text message. Woman at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father. And it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. To learn how to partner with Woman at the Well Ministries, please visit our website. Thank you to the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us use their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. We are praying daily for our listeners. Remember that God loves you. You are loved. Be good.